0: Good morning. Welcome to Know the Rules of the Game podcast for the SBA, Economic Injury Disaster EIDL Loans and the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. I'm your host, Desiree Patno, CEO and President of Women in the Housing Real Estate Ecosystem, NAWRB, and Desiree Patno Enterprises, Inc., DPE, Real Estate Brokerage. And I'm advisor investor for Amicus Brain, AI for Aging Population, and the Chief Strategic Officer for Zulu Time and the publisher of Editor B and the WHERE Report. We are so honored today to have our guest, Christy Bain, the Lender Relations Specialist in the SBA Orange County Inland Empire District Office. Thank you, thank you, thank you truly, Christy, um, for joining us today on such a quick notice, taking your valuable time to help in the 30 million small businesses in the United States. And we would like to thank the SBA uh, for being proactive in helping all of us. So
1: welcome. Thank you very much.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's exciting times, uh, to say the least. Um, we're in a very fluid market, is um, what we're dealing with as far as obviously the pandemic with coronavirus um, and dealing through it. And the new normal is going to be very different. And so the ideas is what we'd like to do today is we have so many questions, obviously, because it rolling out so quickly. With the programs, and I'm very excited. Um, not only from a personal standpoint, but one of the things that we've been touting for so many years is is that the real estate is um, the aspect of this SBA loan is always to go with taxes and and. Uh, death and taxes, the SBA is uh, is never forgivable. So before we get into that, this exciting tip that I want to have at least, let's talk a bit a little about yourself. Um, you were the SBA Emerging Leaders for Seven Month Educational Program Director, which is a program um, that is unbelievable because it really showcases how you were really working the, in the depth of working with the SBA. So, Some of the things I wanna talk about is your background just a few minutes uh, before that is that we take it, roll it back a minute here. You can tell how excited I am to have you on the call is is that your background is very analogous to some of the work that my family has been part of. And I'd really like to hone in that for a few minutes. Here, you've been a a lender relations specialist in the SBA uh, for seven years. You started uh, your career with the SBA in Idaho and you moved to OC two years ago. Um, Yet, the interesting part is is that you served six years in the Navy as an Aegis Fire Control Man, we'll call it control woman, and you worked on the terminal honing system for the SM-2 missiles. I'd like to know a little bit about that because you talked about it before we started our uh, podcast, and I was like, oh my gosh, so talk to us a little bit about that.
1: So my role as an Aegis Fire Control Man for the U.S. Navy, was to handle all of the electronic systems related to that um, Aegis guided missile system. Mm -hmm. And then if you've also seen any of the fun movies where they get to, they're on a Navy ship, our watch command was inside that dark room where all the lights are down and you see a bunch of radar screens. So we held that watch in that room and, monitored our radar screens, and it would have been our role to eliminate any necessary targets. Luckily for me, I never actually had to do my job in the real world, but I was really good at it as far as the video game training.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's very interesting because you know, before our, our podcast, I was talking and I didn't even mention to you, I talked to you about my my father being the fact that he worked with the Point Magoo and Point Lineebe doing the um, sidewinder and the sparrow, which are the missiles that are still used today, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And which have been involved obviously very heavily. But I forgot to mention the fact that my husband was one of three programmers that actually worked on the OSC coding that worked for all the how, if a missile went into space, how it went into the trajectory of going through all the different stratospheres, and how it came and uh, the fallout from the, um, if he, excuse me, if it blew up. So here you are, the one that's in the ship that's going to push the button, and he's the one that's going to impact it, how it would fall out and hit the earth, right? And who would damage. So talk about a world of, of just when the, just between you and I, who we know and what was doing right and what you were doing. So crazy, crazy. Um, and here we are dealing with something that's so incredible um, of impacting our lives. So literally have put a button to where we stopped everything. So if you think about that button you could have pushed because you were commanded to be in that spot, yet thankfully you didn't have to push it. We've now been put into a situation where we stopped that button and said, we're going to stop the world. We're going to sit here and go, what next? And I wanted to really amplify that to the topics about what we're going to cover about the SBA economic injury disaster and the Paycheck Protection Program on how we're going to help the entrepreneur, the small business owner. Um, obviously, we've been so heavily involved as a resource partner for the SBA on, you know, dealing with this as a partner with the um, the national platform to as a resource partner to help the entrepreneurship, but here we are dealing with something to keep all of us employed in some capacity. Um, so I'd really like to dig right into this because we have so many questions and obviously because it rolled out so quickly, um, there are so many unanswered questions. There's, it's a fluid uh, conversation that are being updated, um, if not daily, hourly, um, but also Um, Something we talked about that's so powerful is how the questions coming in, they're able to give updates and clarifications to replace uh, the current um, information out there. So it's very, very important that we deal with that. So I'd like to uh, cover rule number one, and that is eligibility. SBA is listening to the feedback and find clarity where necessary. An example of this is the recent clarification on the SBA faith-based business eligibility. So talk to us a little about that.
1: So as of last week, there was a specific verbiage requiring nonprofit organizations, especially faith-based nonprofits, to provide a secular service in order to be eligible. And that has been reclarified over the weekend by our wonderful administrator Povita Carranza, and it has come back out and they are not requiring these faith-based organizations to provide sec- sec- secular social services any longer so they will be eligible whether or not those services are provided
0: so to our listeners who doesn't know what that means what does that, what, what is a secular social services
1: so an example of a faith-based organization that might provide Secular social services would be your community church that also has a for-profit childcare portion that anyone in the community can enroll their children into a, a profit-making arm that is available to anyone, whether or not they are a part of that faith-based organization.
0: Got it. Got it. So one of the things that, if we go into a deep dive here on the eligibility, um, I really want to focus on how, where on the website, you know, the encyclopedia was our guiding book when, back in the 60s, to just to have one was, you know, a, a treasure of treasures, our holy bible, to be able to know what something meant, where to look, how to look for it, so one of the things that um, uh, the SBA has done incredible um, is, revamped the website to make it easier to navigate to understand because it is a behemoth of information out there and to quantify it and make it easily accessible and to know where to go. So one of the things I want to do on this podcast is really focus on where to look and to get that information because there's I don't believe a single person at the SBA who knows all the answers because again they're being fluid and changing interpretation what that means. Because one of the things that if we could take a step back, those in the real estate community really understand that when you are, let's say you're getting a loan, the FHA is not the one who gives you a loan. They're the one who insure the loan on the residential side. You have to get the bank, then the FHA underwrites it. The SBA is the same way. In this program, the SBA is not giving you a loan. They're insuring the loan on behalf of the banks who are issuing the business loans, which is what these are. Um, through the programs for the Economic Injury Disaster and the PPP, or the three P's, as you like to call it. Um, So, how is it that um, we can, where do we need to go, and what would be the very first place that you look up versus then just going to sba.gov? What would be the name of the website and the actual um, uh, finger, we're going to call it, within the SBA.gov of where to look? Let's start with a very basic
1: my first recommendation to get the most up to date information is to go to sba.gov backslash disaster. And that's going to take you to, to a website or a web page that explains all of the available disaster resources we have available. And right now, if you go to any page at sba.gov, it doesn't matter which portion of the website you're in, the very top of that page is going to have a yellow bar that says coronavirus relief options and additional resources, click here. And if you click on that box, it's gonna take you to all of the available resources that we have listed for you. And as you mentioned, a lot of, some of this information is fluid because we have released the interim final rule, but we're also taking feedback from the communities and from the small businesses as far as what is working and what is not working, which is how we end up with clarifications such as the faith-based business. We also had a re-clarification on agricultural business eligibility. And so they have opened that up to, be, to allow more agricultural-focused businesses to, find, to be eligible since the USDA programs are not uh, deployed at this time. So it's just staying up to date on our website but I also want to recommend that anyone listening can follow our office on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at SBA underscore i I'll say that phonetically. So it's at Sierra Bravo Alpha underscore Oscar Charlie India Echo. And if you follow us on Twitter, we are constantly putting out any update that comes from the White House. And our our office is hosting daily webinars via Zoom at 11 a.m. Pacific time and 4 p.m. Pacific time. And we are giving live Q&A sessions. I'm I'm hosting most of the Q&A and any new information that we get, we put out directly to the public there
0: so that is fantastic so the cool thing about that is is that you had i know some very limitations when you first rolled it out this week and now you then you brought it up to i believe was a thousand people who could listen to it and now i think you said there's something like endless that's going with it and being that you're one of 68 districts in the united states um, and your district um i know has been the top five for many many years um, as far as the number of volume of loans, the number of volume of dollars given out and specifically different loan programs like the 7A and all the different ones that are out there. Um, and the uh, each district is different and you do not, just make sure we focus on that. you do not need to be in one particular district to be different than another particular district because this is a national program, correct?
1: Correct. This is... national program so the information that i'm giving out on our zoom webinars is the same information that would apply to somebody in maine or florida
0: the the, the real uh, piece about that is is that i believe it's relationship relationship relationships because and that is so key because what's happening right now is is that some are set up more um the overwhelmingness of what's being done they have more personnel. They have people that are in the pocket that get this done. You know, one of the reasons that you know we were able to secure this this call is uh, this podcast is not only because the fact is I've been with this SBA office for the past you know decade. We've been on the national platform, but also that relationship that I built up with Sylvia Gutierrez and and Cherie, who Coates, who's retired now, but the longevity of being in the pocket of of being there to support the small businesses and really care. So. that is so powerful that that the information that's being said here in this district, um, like you said in in Florida and other places, that information, um, they might not have enough uh, power, manpower, women power, whatever you want to call it, uh, to really connect and get that information out there. So thank you for that. So getting that in the pocket is so powerful. if we go on, if we, everyone on the SBA.gov, if we were to go click on that, I'm going to walk through it just so I make sure we can reiterate this. If I click on the gold bars across every single page, like you said, where would I go next if we were to talk about the feedback that goes with this? So if I'm on that page, um, and now we click on that page, what would we go next after that?
1: So you can go forward to the click here for more about available SBA loan and debt relief options, because it covers the funding option. And as you work through the rest of that page, it also covers several other just guidance information resources. But the coronavirus relief options is what most people are asking for. And if you click on that, um, capital, access to capital, it will show you on a separate webpage about the funding options, And you can see listed across that page is the Paycheck Protection Program. I like to call it the P3 program because it's just too big of a mouthful. We also have our Idle Loan Advance, the SBA Express Bridge Loans, and the SBA Debt Relief. So there's several different options that we can offer assistance on. I do want to provide a little bit of clarity between the paycheck, the P3, and the IDLE. So, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, also known as the IDLE, uh, which includes the IDLE advance, which is up to $10,000 that can be made available within a few days and is immediately forgiven. That program is a direct funding program from the U.S. government. The only direct funding program we have is our Disaster Loan programs and EIDL falls underneath that. So when you get an EIDL loan, it is directly from the US government and that's why you can go through our loan portal to apply for it. With the Paycheck Protection Program, it is an expansion of our traditional SBA 7A loan program. And as you mentioned earlier, it is similar to FHA in the fact that the loans are, the loans are going to be provided by lenders and then the federal government is guaranteeing a portion of that loan. For other programs, it is you know anywhere from 50% to 90%. For this Paycheck Protection Program, the P3 program, the federal government is guaranteeing 100% of those funds for that bank.
0: Got it, so, so I wanna make sure everyone knows exactly where we're looking, so it's sba.gov forward slash Um, funding programs forward slash loans forward slash corona hyphen relief hyphen options. You should see the funding options that show this beautiful uh, um, icon of dollars, a writing pad for the 10K advance, the express um, with three like a timer, and then a bird hanging in money with a cloud. Um, And when she talks about idle, she's talking about EIDL. Um, so you don't think of idle the reverse, so it's actually the same letters, which is a fun play on it. So I-D-L-E is the idle word versus this is E-I-D-L. Uh, so I think that's really funny yeah. if you think about it. Um, so very cool. So um, here we go. If we were to click on, so what we just heard is that the 10-K advancement is direct funds from the SBA that they're going to give you, Uh, Versus on the PP, the triple P, the paycheck has to come directly from a bank to go with it, because we've heard a lot of pushback um, from the SBA. I mean, excuse me, from the um, uh, the uh, small business uh, community and individuals, the the independent contractors, that go down the list that have said that, hey, we're only taking our own. You know, for example, like um, some of the banks um, that we've heard on the news that said that they're only taking the clients that are with them, that have a current outstanding loan with them, because it makes sense that they want to make sure that their loan's being paid first, so they're going to take care of the people who applied for this program to get them in first, so they get paid first. I mean, that's business economics. We understand that. I'm not following very well because there's not that mail. So how, what kind of time constraints, one of our questions we had as you talked about the idle you can get that a couple of days versus the paycheck protection program that can take a lot longer so what kind of time frame are you seeing have you seen any results
1: coming through that so we have seen results coming through the idle program i had a small business out of newport beach that applied for an idle loan on march 16th and they received direct contact from the loan processor on March 26th, and their loan was approved on March 27th. Hey, hey. Keep in mind, Yes, it's wonderful. So it is great to hear that you know the funds are being dispersed. Um, now for that program, March 16th, I believe that was the very first day of application. So the, those people are probably getting contacted in the fastest timeline possible. So I do want everyone to realize that I understand this is a frightening time. I understand that everybody wants help yesterday, but they are working as quickly as possible in our disaster loan processing centers our Our team there is designed to assist location specific disasters, and this is the first time we've ever tried to assist an entire nation in in through the same portal and with the same manpower. So we are trying to bring on new people. We're doing everything we can at SBA to help get these funds into the hands of these small business owners who desperately need them. And we are just asking for a little bit of patience as far as contact. So with the economic injury disaster loan under normal operating uh, standards, we would expect for you to get your approval within two to three weeks. So if you're not being contacted, within a few days that is okay you're not you haven't lost your spot in line the economic injury disaster loan has been updated so when they originally applied in at the on March 16th there was a separate application process there and it just couldn't handle the number of people coming onto the platform so we did partner with some excellent Private agencies, private entities that have allowed us to really update our processing system, and that's when we were able to roll out our new online application portal on Monday. That portal also includes the Advance option, which is the up to 10 million, or excuse me, up to $10,000 advance that could provide a very readily available of funds within a few days. That is the goal is to be able to get you that advance as quickly as possible. And then your economic injury disaster loan, which could be up to $2 million, that, the rest of that application will continue being processed under regular standards and in the regular amount of time, which we're still hoping to see two to three weeks for people to get their approvals there.
0: So if we take a step back here, so to clarify for our listeners, the economic injury disaster loan is a quick way of saying mom i need some money um give loan me the ten thousand dollars and then from there is, is that it goes so then you in the same time you're applying for the, the triple p's and if they process it that that economic injury disaster loan which is not forgivable will be funded into will be part of the um ppp if i'm correct And that when they say that they're going to forgive two full months, is there a cap limit of how much they're going to forgive for that full two months? And does that apply to the, uh, does that incorporate the $10,000 quote advance that's going to be applicable to it?
1: So the the P3 program does have the forgiveness written into the loan. I really want to make sure that people understand that, The EIDL program and the P3 program are two separate programs that you can apply for individually. So the EIDL loan comes with the EIDL advance, which can be up to $10,000 immediately. But the full application for that loan can be up to $2 million with a a repayment term of 15 or 30 years. It has its own interest rate of 3.75 for all for-profit companies for nonprofits that's going to be set at 2.75. And the the use of those proceeds can be used for payroll costs. It can cover salaries and sick leave. It can also be used for rent or mortgage payments, any material costs or pre-existing debt costs. It is its own loan at up to $2 million. And applications for that program can can be submitted for much longer than the P3 program. So applications for the idle loan for that up to $2 million will be accepted until December 31st of 2020. This loan is designed to sustain your business through this time of disaster. And when you're filling out that application, the we get a lot of questions about, oh, you know, they didn't ask me for a specific amount that I wanted. What the borrowers need to do, need to understand is all of the financial supporting documents that are being asked from them in that application, such as their schedule of liabilities or their historical business financial statements. That's all being used for these loan officers to identify how much working capital this business is going to need to sustain itself for six months. And that, once SBA comes up with that number, the loan officer is going to contact you. You'll have the ability to discuss your actual business practices with them and make sure that you're going to receive the amount that you need to sustain your business for the next six months. In the event that you did not get enough from that economic injury disaster loan, you can go back within two years of your approval date and request more inf- more funds with that up to $2 million limit. So it is its own loan program. Now, I think where people are getting confused between the Idle loan and the P3 loan is that you can take the funds from that economic injury disaster loan if you applied for that loan, it got approved, and received funds to cover your payroll costs. When you apply for your P3 loan, you can include all of those funds in your total P3 loan and roll that idle loan into the P3, which would then Make it all forgivable. And the only amount that you wouldn't include in that idle rollover would be the amount of the advance that you received, that up to $10,000 advance, because it has already been forgiven. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I'm <laughs> just like visualizing all this. Okay, so let's go back to square one. That is, if we were to say, you talked about a very valuable piece. The six month money that's gonna be allocated, you have to give supporting documentation. We're all about helping you help the checklist of what I need prior to talking to my banking relationship or apply because right now, relationships is everything, but at the same time, how do, I, how do I make sure that my loans can be the easiest for them to process? Because I have everything I need to say, here's my story, here's my cookbook, what do I need? So if I'm on the website right now and we're clicking the idle loan, and you talk about all the supporting documentation, Where do I go to get all the supporting documentation so I can have that checklist that's gonna tell me everything I need from my P&L to my cost for ABC?
1: So when you enter the application portal, there's going to be a window that tells you, that says this is what the regular documents that you would need to provide. They have completely streamlined this process. And I want to stress that to business owners because it is way easier as of last week to apply for this loan than it was two weeks ago. And you can do this by yourself. You don't need to hire somebody to fill this out for you. It is actually a very easy process. You're going to need to be able to document your payroll, co- your payroll costs and be able to show your historical expenses. So keep your P&Ls with you um your tax returns you can have that with you it's actually very easy to enter all of this information in and then if you need to provide any supporting documentation there are ways that you can do that with the loan officer after they contact you the the requirements for the loan i i do want to hit on that real quick if that's okay um There's been a lot of confusion about personal guarantees. For this economic injury disaster loan, you're only gonna have a personal guarantee if the loan is greater than $200,000. If you're working with the economic injury disaster loan, the EIDL program, you will only be required to have collateral if you're getting a loan at more than $25,000. And I really wanna stress this point is SBA, we, will use collateral if it is available, but if you do not have collateral, it is not an automatic um, eligibility issue. You would still be eligible. They just want to see your willingness to apply that collateral if it is available. And then the repayment on the idle loan is different than the P3 loan. So that idle loan is going to be, once it's approved, you are automatically receiving a payment deferment for 11 months with that first payment due at 12 months. During that time, you will accrue accrue interest on your loan, but you will not be required to make make a payment until 12 months. There's also no fees applied to this loan, except a single $100 UCC lien filing and processing fee that's applied, it's added to the amount of the loan, and that's only if you have collateral and are getting a loan at more than $25,000. Incredible, and unfortunately we had a, a break for about
0: 10 seconds when the internet became unstable. Uh, for those of you who use Zoom all day long and are chatting, uh, Zoom and every other carrier for the internet is being heavily affected because a home a shelter in place and everyone doing e-distance learning and everything else. So. Um, crazy time. So Thank you all for that, Christy. So just want to let everyone know there was a pause there for a few seconds. Um, so I want to go back to incredible information. Um, the, if you go to the bottom of the page right before the blue bar, where it says get help after disaster strikes, right before that, you'll see a very small, it says a sentence to apply for a COVID-19 economic injury, disaster loan, and loan advance, click here. That is where you want to go and you can see and pull it up. That the economic injury disaster loan application is basically choose one, eligibility, identification, verification, and it goes from point A to point B, and is a very robust um, application uh, simplicity form of making it as easy as possible to go through it. Like you said, um, this is fantastic. This is like uh, stuff that we're used to and uh, applying things, uh, anything that's been online. Um, love it. This is this is incredible information. So. Let's uh, let's, um, retrace our steps here. We have twenty-five thousand. There's no personal collateral. You said that even if um, you go over twenty-five thousand and you don't have personal collateral, still apply because that might be that it is not a deal uh, breaker. Um, If you go over two hundred thousand K, yes, they will uh, look for a personal guarantee. But the idea is is that I always say, if you don't ask, you'll never know always ask and apply. The worst that could happen is they say no and that's one thing that I've always known and learned about the SBA is that if someone says no, you go back directly to SBA and you ask why, how can we do it because it might be one bank that doesn't understand or one circumstance, especially if something so fluid as this that it might be a special case where they need to apply or need to approve. Uh, So please do not um, feel that um, just because you apply once that, and they got denied, that it does not mean that it's, it's a forever uh, uh, unapproved uh, loan. Um, all right, so now that we've clarified that the idle and the, the three Ps are completely separate loans, um, one is, is that you talked about, and a little clarification for myself, that the $10,000 advance that they give you immediately versus taking a little bit longer to do the full loan that can go up to, as we've talked about, much higher dollar amount, that you made a comment saying that is immediately uh, forgivable. So that $10,000, if I'm not mistaken, is that it's a loan forgiveness, that you do not have to pay it back? It's a grant more than a loan? Is that correct? So we're,
1: it, it is correct. We don't want to use the word grant. We're using forgiven or forgivable funds, um, but you are correct. That is an advance of up to $10,000 and it can be requested immediately when you're filling out that idle application and you get to step four, question number eight. It's going to ask you if you wanted to be, if you wanted to be considered for that advance, you need to make sure you check that box or else you won't be considered for the advance. I'm step- still not certain what, algorithm they use to identify how much of that $10,000 each individual business is a, is eligible for. We believe that it has something to do with payroll, but we are not completely certain. So I've been asked numerous times, how, well, how do they identify that? We are still trying to learn how they're identifying that. As soon as I know, you will know. Um, but it is up to $10,000. There's no requirement to repay the advance even if you're denied for the disaster loan. So once you submit your application for the economic injury disaster loan, you can receive that advance. And as they work through the process, if it is found that you don't qualify to receive that idle loan, whatever advance you received is still yours to keep and it is still forgiven. Yes! I know, right?
0: <laughs> right, so score 10 grand. Um and again if you don't ask you don't receive.
1: I completely um, agree.
0: <laughs> you know so here we are we've got economic injury disaster loan application that you can get 10,000 up to 10,000 now and then you still apply for the bigger amount and the idea is, is that this is giving you free money to use when you need it and if you don't qualify for it you get to walk away and still keep it as it's it's, sign, it's like a signing bonus that if you sign up to get a loan we're going to give you 10,000 up to $10,000 and that mystery card whatever we don't what that mystery value is you're getting $10,000 to apply i love it all right then <laughs> I, I know it's kind of i know i got me excited here but see i didn't know that i'm loving okay so that's that side of the portion so again the streamlined prices requirements. It's even written right there on it to go with it. That is incredible, and it says loans for businesses, private nonprofits, homeowners, and renters. So you're telling me, as a renter and as a homeowner, I can go get these loans?
1: So I think there is a little confusion there with that um, title. The loan is not designed, this particular loan is not designed for homeowners directly. Um, It is designed for small business owners. But what is different about this loan that is not included with most other SBA loans is that landlords who have rental properties are eligible for this loan. So if you have tenants who pay you regularly scheduled rent, you would be able to apply for an idle loan. Perfect.
0: So Okay, so as most of us own um, who are in real estate, or because of the market change have shifted, a lot of those have taken a, a, the opportunity to go buy passive income. I like that buy passive and get passive income by acquiring rental properties or might own an Airbnb or VRBO a second home as a vacation rental, so they can apply them as you said for this uh, idle loan and help offset. So if you are in the pocket where a lot of them own, let's say maybe two to five, and we're hoping to get up to ten, you know that's the whole. Adage of building wealth um, through acquiring uh, property. So right now, because as a turning on the dime, you know, March thirteenth shut down, we become you know Good Friday, right? Uh, we become a different world. Uh, I gotta think of thirteen. I live at my phone number is thirteen. My live at thirteen. You know, like okay, and I've been doing it for twenty six years, the same house. But the core is, is that. So you're telling me, as a landlord having rental property that I am now entitled to apply for uh idle assistance program that as not getting their rent um, that's being afforded to me and or be able to get that uh, program. This is a great way to help a lot of us because a lot of us didn't know that, um, me included. Um, yes. So that is that is huge to our community because I don't believe that's being talked about um, and resonated enough that you as a landlord can apply to get the EIDL loan to help offset the not having the income. And, and let's all pray that we are out of the situation in the next couple months because that'll help offset, you know, if you're not getting rent because we are, have a, in the state of California where our home office is, is, is that our headquarters is out of. We have a, a um, moratorium on, on foreclosures, on evictions and everything else. So as a landlord, uh, we, you know, the renters don't have to pay us. And then, so we still have to pay that our loan though, right? Because we're not the homeowner um, as a fact that it's not our primary residence. So this is a huge, in, in my opinion, uh, discovery to really get out to the masses in, in that capacity. So thank you for that. Um, okay. So let's go on to rule number two. We talked about Uh, forgiveness. Um, So, and we're going to get into the PPP a little bit deeper as we go to the compatibility when we get to rule number three. So, forgiveness. This loan can be 100% forgiven as long as borrowers dedicate 75% of the forgiven funds to pay payroll expenses. Now, that is what loan?
1: That is the P3 loan, the Paycheck Protection Program loan.
0: Okay. So, let's go back to, let's go back to the page where we go back to the SBA.gov to the and go back to that particular page so we can walk through that where we had the the funding knock-in. So we are go back to the coronavirus relief options page um, and it had the four icons across. So we're going to go ahead and click the PPP, the the 3P program, and it says Paycheck Protection Program. So where do we go down here? Talk to us a little
1: bit about that. Okay, so if you've gone to the Paycheck Protection Program, this It's gonna give you all the information you need about the loan and how it can be applied as well as who can apply. It also details the um, loan maximum amount, which is $10 million, and the fact that the interest rate is 1% and it has a maturity of two years. It's gonna talk to you about the forgiveness details as we've mentioned earlier at least 75% of those forgiven funds must have been used for payroll in order for the whole pay for the loan to be fully forgiven it needs to have been used 75% for payroll from this page you can look at a sample application if you're, looking, if you're wanting to see what that application might look like. okay. And so you can look there, but I would also recommend that when you're ready to go talk to a lender, you start with the lender that you generally do business with. It is not a rule to work with them, but as you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of banks that are choosing to only offer this program to current clients. And then there's some banks that are not comfortable with it as of yet, because this the program was rolled out so fast that we're all still trying to learn the ins and outs of it, and not everybody is comfortable moving forward. And that is okay, and that is their choice to do. But in the same breath, there's also a lot of institutions that are accepting applications from clients that have not had a relationship with them before. So I encourage you to keep reaching out to banks in your local area. We are trying to identify lenders so that you can have a better idea of who is open to non-client applications. But as a federal agency, we can't recommend any one bank over another. So we're trying to figure out this information so we can provide it to you in a fashion that doesn't violate our ability to provide not unbiased information. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're bound by the rules of not being favoritism. I totally understand it at this point. It's kind of like though, making sure who's actually going to be providing the service in the sense that, you know, I'm thinking and in, in one of my uh, responses to you, is you've taken valuable feedback. You're not, telling you're you're not saying who you're saying who's open for business um and i think that would be one of the things that i'd like to have an update that you have the authority from the from hovita to say uh from the administrator um who has been in the seat before um phenomenal lady um had the pleasure to meet her on numerous times and she is um i believe that if you could get clarity to say that you can give a list of who's actually accepting applications on the SBA on these two programs, and then from there, who's actually accepting applications based on the fact that they're open to new clients, I think would really, really be beneficial without steering anyone, you know, because of conflict of interest, but it's just saying who's actually providing the program, um, like you said, because business, the bank's our entities do not have to that normally would do, um, you know, business loans are not accepting any of these two programs because there is a huge oversight. You know, a lot of the banks are scaling back; they're laying off, um, you know, tens of thousands of employees. Um, on top of that, you know, they're trying to shift their um, responsibilities and make sure their accountability. Because here we are in the first weeks of April. And they're responsible for those who are on the servicing side to make sure that they pay their investors because they're responsible for collecting the debt. And then you're asking, hey, on the back end, give a business loan to protect the side. So they're having to readjust their schedule. So I get it. Like you said, it's understandable to go with that. Um, So that being said, um, that's my takeaway back to uh, upper management. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: completely understand. As we get updates from banks, we're trying to put lists together, but until we have enough on our list, we can't provide it out um, without showing favoritism. So we're doing everything we can there. I have been all over LinkedIn, letting people, letting bankers know, just saying if you're accepting non-client applications, please make the world know it. (laughs) And so hopefully there'll be some response there because I don't think anybody foresaw how many banks weren't going to be participating or the level of current client only institutions we would have. And so it, that has been an unexpected challenge, and we are working through it as efficiently and as fastly as possible.
0: You know what? That's what. So, everyone listening to this podcast. Please go out and post on your LinkedIn more than Facebook, I think, but either or, because you know LinkedIn is usually your business avenue. But go out there and ask who is providing SBA the the three Ps or IDA loans, and if so, this is your way to get it through your network. I think that is incredible a uh, simple but so powerful ask is that, please put it out there that you're actually providing this. Um, and this is via great relationship build that will remember you were there for me when um, I needed you most. And so my accounts will go to you because I think one of the things that I know as a business owner, and my husband is a business owner and dealing with this, and we get to get to our questions in a moment here, is is that having the relationships with the banking institutions, but most importantly with that individual who's going to be there in a time of need, but with all the fee structures, with all the changes, you know, what they're doing, how they're protecting you. Are they making sure that your your money is still being viable and they're not um, you know, taking advantage of, of in case someone attaches your funds that they shouldn't have? Are they being, you know, they are doing that day to day for you at the same time? Are they gonna be there for when we have something like this? And so this is a great way to weed out. Um, and look for those clients that are going to be there for you to transfer over your funds into their accounts and make them look good,
1: right? Um, I completely agree. I think this is an incredible time for banks to build relationships with companies um, and companies to identify lenders that are going to be there for them, whether business is great or we're facing a pandemic <laughs> and everything's shut down so it's finding making those business relationships that are going to be reliable no matter what's going on and this is a great time to identify those lenders that will be there for you
0: yeah and that could not have been better used as a social media platform to say i need to get this loan i have this business i've been in law business this many years who's doing these loans because i want to make sure that i was looking at me personally I was looking to make a change. I'm with a big bank and I'm not pleased with the situation. And for so long I've wanted to change my accounts, you know, liquefied a lot of my assets to go into another account. And I don't know where to go because I'm not pleased. And each one has its pros and cons. So this would be a time for to step up and get it done because where I physically have my money right now, they're not actually doing these type of loans. So who, you know, would be a great catch, right? Yeah, it okay be- yeah so that's very what a oh yes we're all over it yes i'm excited here all right so if you made a comment that i i can't find you said under the coronavirus the the uh three p's there is a sample um application where is that
1: okay i am so if you scroll down the page yes. under loan details and forgiveness, got it. in the very last paragraph, there is a P3 borrower application form and you can download a copy of that form and that will allow you to prepare your application. Uh, m- please keep in mind that a lot of banks have put this information onto their own website because SBA has authorized the use of e-signatures, which is excellent during this time. So a lot of these applications are being done completely online. So even if you print this off and fill it out, it will allow you to have all the information that you're going to need before you log into the, bank, the bank's account and start the application, but you won't be using this exact form. You'll be filling out the information onto the bank's website. Got
0: it. Yeah. But the fact is, is that one of the hardest things to do is, is that, you know, there's been, you know, pushback from a filing paperwork. You get in the middle of it. You're, you know, when we went through the, uh, the financial crisis back in 2008, you know, you're, you submitted all your paperwork to get a, a loan forbearance or to get a short sale approved or get a loan mod or any other things that going on and you get halfway through the program and then you have to start all over because they kept... You know, I had a, a, a sad saying that they were changing um, your your person that was dealing with you, um, like they changed under it was daily occurrence, and that's where they came out with Spock, the single point of contact that you could no longer change. You had to be able to stick with the same person that they'd understand your case, and they were assigned to you permanently. And so this is one of the things that I feel that's so powerful is that by having the this, this paperwork there, you don't wanna get frustrated that you're halfway through the system and you forgot a form, you have to go get this detail and you don't know what it is. And then you go back and either it saves it or forgets it, you have to start all over. So by having an application form to me as a sample, um, it's fantastic. So thank you for that. I was thinking looking as a sample case, not as a sample form was my misunderstanding, so. Oh, okay. Um, no,
1: you know, they have, SBA has done an amazing job with this whole program as far as streamlining the process, and I think one of the biggest surprises for, for people when they go in to apply for these loans is it couldn't have been that easy. And they, they're they expecting these other forms. They want to see our 1919s. you know, other forms that with a traditional 7A, they would be required to provide, and yet... Yeah. Now with this loan program, they've streamlined it so much to be able to provide assistance as quickly as possible. You can really complete these applications within 20 minutes. And it's, it's an incredible asset to the small business community when it comes time to requesting this assistance, to not have to jump through 20 different hoops to be able to get your help. Absolutely. This is, like I said, the top of the podcast. This is
0: one of the best, if not best, um, let me rephrase that. As far as I've been along with the SBA for the last 11, 12 years, um, working as a partner, to have the clarity and the speed of what they're doing and also to have it streamlined like you said um, and try to figure it out um, and the ease of the the website's uh, appearance to get it done Kudos, kudos. Uh, And one of the things I just noticed at the bottom right um, for everyone on the podcast, um, the feedback at the very bottom, if you click on it, um, it says, thank you for taking the survey. It actually will ask you what you like, what you didn't like, how to manage my current business. What are the things that are, what, what did you do for it? And please give us feedback. So everyone on this podcast, if you don't like something that's on this SBA website or some clarity or something that can help you, they're taking live uh comment right there the commentary right there so that is absolutely fantastic um
1: okay so i want to reinforce that if you don't mind um that is how we've gotten this new clarification for the faith faith faith-based businesses and also the clarification on the agricultural businesses it's because real business owners are seeing a a gap in the assistance or an area that's not clear enough, and they are giving that feedback back to SBA, and so we can actually provide clarification or adjust with what is said in that interim final rule. So please, if you, if you do have comments or ways to make it better, we are taking that information seriously and applying it immediately.
0: Keyword. Seriously and immediately. That is <laughs> that is so powerful. I mean, if you have never worked with the government, you have never worked in the capacity of, of, of getting approval from 15 layers to county, state, city, you know, to the to the feds, to I could pull my hair out on how, many, how long it takes to get a rule passed and then it has to be, you know, approved by everyone and then it gets invoked. You know 18 months out we're talking like boom like this is this is this is this is mind-blowing in my opinion of how fast that you're working and the capacity to be a resource and to be able to put this together and the you guys were thin to begin with and to amplify the sba was this known entity on the side and and one of the things that i like to really Amplifies is, that when we were called four or five years ago to be an assistant to getting more, the NWC called us up and said, "Kagan, hey, can you be an assistance to us in the, the natural disasters? So I'm like, what do you mean an assistance? Um, well, we have the natural disaster loans, you know, that you can get $40,000 to a renter and $200,000 to a homeowner and $2 million to a business owner. And at that time, it was 1.75% interest at no processing fee, no application fee for a whole year. And you're like, what? I said, I, as a renter, can get $40,000 um, and that's free money. And $200,000 if I in a home and I'm like, you can't give this money away um, because it's endless. And you know, so we got on the bandwagon and started talking about this is exactly what this is. You know, basically they are in, you know, that I called free money because the interest rate was less than 2%, but this is real free money. This is, you're going to get forgive the money. You're giving me $10,000 on the idol. You're going to give me two months worth of of payment to cover my basic expenses uh, for owning the business on the the, uh, three P's. So we can go now and say, SBA is really giving you free money. Um, Essentially
1: with that P3 program. So that loan can be up to $10 million. And as long as you're making sure that more than 75% or at least 75%, is being used for those eligible payroll costs, the entirety of that loan can be forgiven.
0: Wow, no wonder. Okay, so
1: $10 million is now free. (laughs) It it can be, but the point of it is to support our small businesses and allow them to either maintain their, their staff or bring them back if they've had to lay them off already. So it's really designed to keep our businesses running and keep the paychecks flowing for these employees who have been affected by the coronavirus disaster.
0: If you think about this, we've heard both sides of the fence being in the community. The half fence saying, why would I borrow money when I close my doors? I can't afford everything that's going on. You hear everyone being laid off left and right. Um, You know, the overwhelming system, they counted the 6.6 million that they recorded, uh, reported for last uh, week, um, they said that we had people that uh, took, um, you know, had a call 30 times, sat on the phone for eight hours in certain states to actually get online and find out that they got lost and they couldn't even apply to be, uh, to take their uh, application for unemployment benefits. So when we hear 6.6 million, that could be as high as 10 million or even higher because of all the people who didn't even get to register to apply for unemployment. So this, this, so that's the negative saying, well, why would I want to keep my doors open if everyone's unemployed? On the flip side is, is that this is an opportunity for all of us to keep the engine going. If we're all home uh, sheltered or sheltered in place, then the idea or stay in place. um, The idea is is that it's allowing you to continue to operate your business and they're paying your expenses. Obviously, there's quantifications to go here to keep your doors open. So we are still working and being sheltered in place at when the, when the, we are able to go out and go back to Going out and visiting people and and doing our normal work of business to some capacity that we can slowly ramp it back up, but we're having someone help us give us a set money to keep our doors open, even though our physical doors aren't open, but our business of of e-distance is open, right? Um, And that's how we have to look at it. And not everyone's going to jump on this bandwagon, but those who do jump on this bandwagon are going to have the opportunity to continue because the idea is is that if you keep it open, you give it the opportunity to continue to grow as an entrepreneur of a small business, then you have the opportunity because not everyone's going to do it to then be the successor, be the survivor to get through this.
1: I completely agree. And I think... During this time, I can understand a business owner's concern about, you know, why would I take on an extra debt? But really, if you're following the rules, which are clearly laid out, then they don't, there's not a lot of confusion as to what qualifies as payroll when you look in that interim final rule, which you can get a link. You can go to a link there on the website that we're looking at under loan information There's a link to the interim final rule, which you can look at. Um, It clearly documents what payroll costs are included. And part of that is the insurance premiums. And what kind of culture are you really building for your company and for your employees? And consider the loyalty that you're going to build with your business family if you take these extra efforts to get that extra support and maintain your employees on your payroll with this P3 program, keeping their insurance active during this time when a lot of people, if they don't have work and they've just lost their job, they're losing their insurance as well at a time when we're suffering in a, a pandemic reaction. So take that extra step and help your business, help your business, build your own business culture as something that's supportive and, there to help each other out in the best of times at business and in the worst of times. This is an opportunity to do that. And as long as you follow the rules, as far as 75% or more of those funds being dedicated to payroll, you would be eligible to not only build that rapport with your employees, but also have a forgivable loan of up to $10 million. That's
0: incredible. That's, it's invested in the people. People don't realize that 60% of all or more of all the businesses that are employed today are small businesses, and that's what's keeping the doors on. The economic growth of the last decade, two decades, has been come to small businesses. And now they're doing everything they can to keep the small businesses open. So by taking that extra time uh, to filing, um, uh, I know questions been out. We'll, we'll run out of the $349 billion because they already burned through $6 billion in the first three hours that was open. I personally believe that, um, you know, they're already talking about if they do run out, they'll allocate more um, because of, you know, they're already talking about going back and looking at another stimulus package. Does that mean it's gonna happen? No, but does that mean that those who are going to get their their focus point to put it together to apply for it. I know I am. I know that everyone that I know I'm gonna push as hard as I can to really analyze what do you have to lose. In my opinion, nothing other than the time to apply. The worst that can happen is you say no um, and I apply for it to make sure that it is going to be follow the rule book and then you're gonna get another leech line, you know, uh, line to actually help you continue to keep your doors open and, and, and go forth. And if it doesn't work, then if they forgive the money, then you're not out anything. You know, you, that, that mental endurance of keeping your, your reason why you have a small business open is so powerful. So if I were to close out this rule number two and go on rule number three, Where would I, I want to make sure for my own clarity and for all our our listeners on this podcast, where do I physically click? You said, what is the guiding and what payroll qualifies? What kind of, you know, how that broken down on the the website? Uh, I see contact loan information, who can apply loan details and forgiveness. Is that where I click on?
1: Go to the loan information. It's that first block of content. And then in the second to the last paragraph, it says the interim final rule for applicable affiliation rules.
0: Interim final rule. I say under lender forms and guidance, I said now announcing the paycheck is posted on the publication of Federal Register. Um, Interim. Oh, you're And the loan information under the top. Under loan information? Okay, got it.
1: So click on that link for interim final rule and it will give you a PDF that you can open. And I can tell you if you go to page 10 of that PDF, you're gonna get an explanation of what qualifies as payroll.
0: Page 10. Uh, okay, I must be on the wrong. Okay, is this the one that says business loan program, temporary changes, paycheck protection program, uh, 13 CRF part 121? Yes. You said on page 10. And okay. I'm looking
1: at under non-prison. This one is only 16 pages and the one that I've pulled up is 31 pages so let me
0: I love it see we're making this go through it just to make sure okay. because... <laughs> all good so I would like to recap while you're looking for that is okay that...
1: go ahead Did you find it no I said okay I'm I'm looking okay. for it
0: <laughs> perfect okay so what we're talking about is is that if you look at the um, the opportunity to apply for both the Ida loan and the 3p loan, ten thousand dollars on the advance that can be a separate forgiveness on the idle loan and then on the PP and the 3p loan can go up to ten million dollars depending on it. so the key the key component here is, 75% of the money you're asking for has to be for loans. So if you think about it from that perspective, is is that so if you have, let's say, a $100,000 budget per month or even a $10,000 budget per month, let's do $10,000 on a per budget month per month of what you have uh, for your, your loan, that's 75%. So $110,000 of that, so you could have what are we talking about? That's $12,500 per month in expenses where that $10,000 is considered that 75% of it, right? So with that being said, you've now applied yourself to making sure close those numbers are close enough. But the idea is that you're having um, your payroll covered and then we talk about insurance, we talk about um, your, your lease agreement that you have with your landlord regarding your commercial space. You talk about your utilities, you have you know your internet service, your phone service, um, uh, several of those other services. So you got 25% of auxiliary services that go with that. And then 75% goes with the payroll. So there you go. If you trim the extra um, cost, that are outside of that, you've given yourself a two-month leash, uh, that extra um, line to go with this. And then on top of that, as you said, it can continue on. So go for it.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I found the right one, the full document. On the same page that we were at, if you scroll all the way to the bottom under lender forms and guidance. Okay. That first paragraph, it says the interim final rule.
0: Okay, so what we're going to do back to, we're at the sba.gov and programs forward slash loans forward slash corona release options forward slash paycheck protection program. The three P's at the very bottom, it says lender forms and guidance. The very first line under that paragraph says the interim final rule. It's blue. Highlight, click on it. It says download PDF, click on it. And we have 31
1: pages. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's what you want to see is the 31 pages, you know you have the whole thing. And the beauty of this interim final rule is it's really going to explain how to do your payroll calculations as well. When I go over um, P3 on our Zoom webinars, I generally talk about those calculations just to help people because the methodology is pretty simple, but if you haven't seen it before, it can be intimidating. So you can see here on page eight, it tells you step one for that calculation is identify the aggregate payroll costs from the last 12 months for employees whose principal place of residence is in the United States. Step two, you're going to subtract any compensation paid to an employee in excess of the annual salary of $100,000. I get a lot of questions on this. So, if you have an employee who makes $120,000 a year, their salary up to $100,000 can be included. It is just the salary over $100,000 that needs to be left off. Got it. And then, in, so that's the same for independent contractors and sole proprietors. Step three, Calculate your average monthly payroll cost. So take the number from step two and divide it by 12. This is going to give you how much you need for payroll per month. Step four, you're going to multiply that amount from step three, your monthly payroll cost that you found in step three, by 2.5%. By 2.5, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then <laughs> in step five, you're going to add any amount from an idle loan that you received between, from January 31st to April 3rd. That is an idle loan that you would have used for payroll. You're going to add that amount to the P3 program so that it can be included as forgivable, less the amount of any advance. We've talked about that advance of up to $10,000 several times. It's immediately forgivable, so it would not need to be included in the amount that you roll into that P3 loan. And if you scroll down to page nine, it will actually give you, I believe, four different examples of calculations to really help you understand what's going on and how much you can include.
0: Oh, this is fantastic. This is exactly what I remember watching um, on the podcast. It's like, where'd you get this document? Okay, I want to know where this is. Because <laughs> I see you searching and going through it. And I'm like, okay, this is my Bible. This is, this is to me, the key core that's going to be able to help us in this. So this is fantastic because it talks about how, you know, the multiplier, what that goes to. So a lot of the questions are going to be answered by this. So as you talked about here on page sixteen, about seventy-five percent of the the three P loan proceeds has to be used for payroll. It goes down what it defines it, where it goes, uh, what the it, it even says here that the administer believes that the finance appropriations and the structure of the act warrant a requirement. So it really goes into the mythology of why she's doing what she's doing, where her headset is. So if you don't believe that she's anticipated or um, absorbed what she needs to change. This is why that feedback would go back to that red button on the website is so powerful. Because you can't think of everything. And until it gets out into the general public on what's being affected, we are, the, we are the, the pilot program, the test case on a national basis right now in your face.
1: Right? Exactly right, that's what makes this all so, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> and you and, and
0: you be in your seat, be in the hot seat, and trying to be the, the know everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> <Being> <laughs> honest and being honest, this is all about a learning curve for all of us. So, um, I love it, I love it. It's just, it's, and, and the fact that they're actually writing content that says they believe they're trying and hoping. That's credible. All right, so let's go on to rule number three. Um, the idle loan and um, the three P's compatibility. If you receive an idle loan for payroll, that loan will be rolled into a 3P loan and will be eligible for forgiveness under the, uh, the 3P loan program. You can also take out an idle loan for non-pay payroll expenses and a 3P loan for payroll expenses. That was a completely different way of writing what you just said. All right, so let's talk about that a little bit deeper. Okay,
1: so if you've received an economic injury disaster loan, you are still eligible to apply for the P3 program. And I'll go into it a little more in detail. So if your idle loan was not used for payroll costs, it does not affect your eligibility for a P3 program. If your idle loan was used for payroll costs, your P3 loan must be used to refinance your idle loan. So we talked about that earlier, as far as that step five of calculating, rolling your idle loan into your P3. The point of that is because the P3 loan program is specifically designed to support your payroll. That is why it is for the eight weeks after disbursement, you're eligible to get all of those funds reimbursed, not reimbursed, excuse me, but forgiven. So if you did take out an EIDL loan, which does not have any forgiveness language written into the actual loan portion, if you've used that loan to cover payroll, they encourage you to roll that over into the P3 loan because then it would be eligible for forgiveness. The paycheck program's maximum amount is $10 million, as I said before, with a fixed 1% interest rate and a maturity of two years. And, you know, it makes sense that you would roll those funds into the P3 considering the economic injury disaster loan, which would be better suited for your longer-term fixed debts, because it's providing up to $2 million with long-term low interest for up to thirty years.
0: Wow. Okay, so that they're doing. Your SBA is doing everything they can to take an existing program, amplifying it by the three P loan, and working together and conjoined to give you the best of both worlds, and making sure that they're they're simultaneously being helpful in both sides and continuing not, and and making sure that you get the benefit of the new loan to to complement the existing loan that you had. And I think that the way we could really analyze, I mean to to, um, think of this is that when the natural disaster loans came out many decades ago and dealt with FEMA, a lot of people did not realize that you could get a FEMA loan and a natural disaster loan simultaneously. One female was to stop the, the damage from happening. It was not to fix the damage, but to stop the bleeding. And the second loan, the natural disaster loan, which is the SBA is the minister uh, of it, and that's why I'm talking about that, they administrate the loan, is, is that the natural disaster loan was to actually repair and replace and help you be in existence. Like the renter was for a car or, uh, or uh, for a phone or anything. A renter could get what was damaged by the natural disaster. Um, and a homeowner could actually fix their home and, and besides getting a car and everything else. So here we are, here we are at the same place. One, we're talking about the idle loan getting money directly from the SBA. And the other one is talking about having to use a bank to get the money that's
1: insured by the SBA. Yes, ma'am. And so, done- and to make them work together, as you said, to give borrowers the best chance at getting the funds that they need in the most efficient manner. Tall, tall order. Um, it's unbelievable. Not been easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not without its kickups.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the coolest thing about this is that we have come a long way from where we started 30 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, to the last week. Um, And thankfully, really embracing technology, um, having the uh, existing private parties really stepping up to help the government agencies and entities to really amplify this quicker and faster instead of going through the normal channels. So that has been unbelievably great. So let's go through some of our questions. We have a truckload, but, and um, I really wanna hit some of these questions out there that are gonna be helpful. And I know you're not gonna know the answer to some of these because um, we discussed prior to, but the thing is, is that they're they're rolling it out. I mean, you got an update on the faith-based program um, just yesterday and they're working seven days a week. They're working through this whole platform uh, to get this through done, so um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to get multiple updates uh, a day, just like we are getting updates every hour on the hour on various different things, um, and hence the overloading this, and that's why I'm taking the time to really amplify this podcast to making sure that we, I am clear, so everyone on the call is clear by double tracking and getting it done. So with that being said, um, we have several forms, so the. Paycheck Protection Program Borrow Application Form, that's on there, you can print it out, it's only four pages long, of which um, two, one page you fill out and the second one you sign and you initial. Um, so that's your, your three P's, so you can see that sample that's already there. Um, then you have um, the Paycheck Protection Program Lender Application Form, it goes through, um, you wanna talk about that a little bit? More.
1: Yeah, we can definitely talk about that form. Um, do you have any specific questions on it? Or um, This
0: is the lender information application structure. I'm just looking at it. So what we got, this is identifying information about the lender, the applicant. So this is just a form that we can fill out for the Financial Privacy Act to make sure that the lender certifies. So this has to do actually with the lender. Um, to go through it no i just i'm just looking at just so many different forms online and okay. i'm really glad that we went over the interim rule because i did print out the 16 page one before i got on the podcast versus on the 31 page so that could be trash okay we're good <laughs> <laughs> all right so some of the questions um so i, I think we can def- okay so one of the questions that came in was people that applied early before they had all the details should they reapply?
1: So if you applied early before the idle advance was made available and you would like to be eligible for that, then yes, you need to reapply through the new platform, the new um, application portal, and make sure that you select the step four, box eight to verify that you want to be included with that idle advance. That will not make you lose your place in line, so wherever your previous application was in line for being reviewed, this new application will simply be added and included to that information.
0: Excellent. What is the realistic turn time, turnaround time?
1: At this time for the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, we're still hearing two to three weeks, um, and I think that that's still very fair. As far as the P3 program, that loan has been des- designed to be approved sometimes within the same day. I know that we saw many approved loans as of Friday, which was the first day it was rolled out. And they should be able to disperse funds within a few days.
0: Fantastic. Okay. What about least, em- what about least employees?
1: So we've had a lot of questions on that nothing in the specific guidance surrounding the p3 program addresses the employees or least employees but i do want to turn people's attention to 13 cfr the code of federal regulation it's part 121 and Mm 121.106 and so This is what SBA is normally going to look at for our general requirement. And it does in this section, it says section A of 121.106 of 13 CFR, in determining a concerns number of employees, SBA counts all individuals employed on a full-time, part-time or other basis. This includes employees obtained from a temporary employee agency, professional employee organization, or leasing concern. SBA will consider the totality of the circumstances, including criteria used by the IRS for federal income tax purposes in determining whether individuals are employees of a concern. Volunteers, i.e. individuals who receive no compensation, including no in-kind compensation for work performed, are not considered employees. So I know that we've had that question numerous times. I can't give you a direct answer on the P-3, but in citing the Code of Federal Regulations, it would imply that they could be included.
0: I go back to the question. I go back to the stance. If you don't ask, you can't find out, and they might change your role, so ask now and apply. So because I know, and when we set up our companies, that I made sure... That we had one company be the main focal point for the employees, the insurance, everything, and then all the companies would lease the employees from that main company. So the question would be whether that company, um, the main company that's a C Corp that has all the regulations and that would apply, but there's different companies that do different things. And having a, you know, some of the small businesses, uh, you and even big companies do this is that they have a tier of, you know, the, the parent company and they have the companies underneath it. But to save money and to share ex- and to uh, spread the expenses, um, that they would allocate one company would do a certain thing that would uh, offset and ensure and, and uh, minimize the exposure, um, especially, you know, being home based in California where everyone is too is, uh, happy. <laughs> Not everyone, but it it's, has a higher number, obviously. Um, all right, cool. So thank you for that. So let's apply to go with that. A uh, Couple other questions that are, uh, so a franchise. We have some of our listeners that, um, that are franchised, whether it's going to be just in real estate, where some are big um, companies that have been around for decades. Have each one are independently owned and operated. How does where do we go to find out about franchises?
1: So we have been told that to qualify for this program, you still need to be an approved franchise on SBA's list of approved franchises, which you can find on the website. Um, And we also received guidance last week that. Considering the no more than 500 employee rule unless you're in a specific NAICS code that would allow you to have more than 500 employees, if you're having a concern with that, um, they sent out guidance last week saying that perhaps you had seven different locations where you could apply for each one of those seven locations. Especially if the employee count is over 500 collectively, but each individual location would be a, would be eligible for its own loan. So,
0: I think there's thank you. So, I think there's a couple of different ways of classifying a franchise. You have as franchises to whether each are independently owned and operated, but as a franchisee, you have the responsibility to pay a certain fee structure. Let's say to uh, the parent company or to, I don't want to say a parent company, but behoven to a company that you're part of, um, but you yourself are responsible for the entire uh, facility. Um, so your comment saying that if you owned, if I'm an independent franchise company and I have 10 offices, but all the money that I make out of those 10 offices, I have to pay a certain percentage to another company, but I independently own those 10 offices, you think, or possibly, that each one of those, um, I, as a, if I have less than 500 employees, that I could file um, as one entity for those 10 offices, because they're just 10 different locations?
1: Yeah, you could, you can file as one entity, or you could file for uh, 10 different loans to cover each individual office, is what has been communicated to us at this point.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent, that's, Again, fluid, we ask, you apply, and if it doesn't work, why not? So they can make some determination of why, because the whole end game here is to keep as many people employed in their current state where they were, you know, we, we've getting the homeless often into, the, into, um, into a building, keeping you employed in your business, to keep the economy moving, keep the you know the growth going um, is what this is all about. So it makes sense to me that, like you said, to that if it doesn't fall within the 500 as as all entities together, but keeping the each individual location would make sense to me to keep that going because they are independent of with, within themselves. So okay, cool. Um, okay, next questions. Um, uh, what if I'm um, over my COVID ID? A COVID nineteen is over, and my business has not recovered. What then?
1: As far as the economic injury disaster loan, if your business is still struggling, and the you know everything is back to normal, but you're still struggling to get back to normal operations prior to the disaster. For that economic injury disaster loan, you are eligible to request more assistance up to that $2 million threshold for up to two years after your initial approval of the initial loan. I I would also at this time recommend that business owners become acquainted with our business consulting services. SBA doesn't just offer loans. Um, We work with our paid resource partners, so they're funded in part by grants from the SBA to provide free consulting services to the public. And that's going to be our small business development centers, SCORE, previously called the Service Corps of Retired Executives, and also our women's business centers. And we have numerous locations all over the Orange County and Inland Empire, District as well as nationwide, these service centers can sit down with you and help you to strat- strategize your business through this downturn and then also strategize to come back from this pandemic and figure out how to really revamp your business and bring it back to the operations it was before and hopefully better.
0: Excellent. No, thank you for bringing that. The SBDC Small Business Development Center um is an integral part of the work the SBA does and and like she said um finding someone that you really gel with really are there that that connects to you um making sure that you show up and committed to um get the work done you know the SBA and their resource partners are all about keeping you and helping you. And a lot of them have been in the industry or a industry or part of the platform for decades. Um, They really love what they do. They want to see you success. Um, In fact, as a recipient of um, getting the uh, champion women in business award in 2016, they go around highlighting your success because when you succeed, they succeed. And that's what this whole thing is about. And they truly care and want to give back. And score having 14,000 professionals across the United States to a lot of them are, you know, top of the game, CEO of major companies I've seen. I had when Procter Gamble and some others what, taught me in my uh, university when I was in a, a um, junior college, um, they were there um, to help. I'm like, you, you're who? Um, and that's what these um, SCORE people are coming in to help from all different aspects. Usually a lot of them are retired um, and here to give back their wisdom and expertise at free. I mean, that's the crazy part about it is, is free. And then the Women Business Centers, um, last I count, I think there was 130 across the nation um, that are out there to help. Um, and these are situated, like you said, all through the nation. And uh, they're supporting the SBA staff. Especially now, more than ever, on going with you, so thank you for that resource um, we didn't touch a lot about the independent contractors um, you know there's been such a big struggle about the independent contractors for the last couple of years from the Department of Labor what's considered an independent contractor versus employee you know how many hours can a person work? Is it forty hours do they go on salary versus and you know not you know all of those different things so um with this new ruling um not ruling really with this with this obviously with this um idle and 3p program uh if you're an independent contractor um and you have people that work underneath you how do, how do the how do these programs apply to you
1: so the independent contractors anyone that would receive a 1099 they're considered self-employed small business owners so they cannot be included on the payroll calculation for a large company that contracts with them, but they can submit their own application and they would include their own payroll in that application for their loan through the PPP program, the P3 program.
0: Okay, so for clarification everyone, if I understand you correctly, is is that I own a brokerage and I have agents that are underneath me. So that agent cannot operate without hanging their license under a brokerage. And so since they're still not an employee, they're independent contractors, the way they're situated here in the state of California, they're not salaried. So because they're not on my payroll, I am getting a specific portion of their fee structure, depending on how you have your commission set up with with that agent of yours, that they're not eligible for, for me as a broker owner to write them off as an employee because they're an independent contractor, but they, because they file their taxes separately um, as an independent contractor owner, then they would themselves apply because they're, they have been curtailed in a lot across the nation that they can't do their normal real estate transactions. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you have to physically be on the payroll W-2 uh, taking out taxes to apply as a payroll
1: person. Yes, you do. So any sole proprietor or 1099, um, those type of business owners are going to be applying for their own loan and they'll use whatever source of income they generally pay themselves with. Because a lot of times, a sole proprietor doesn't have themselves on payroll. They'll pay themselves with, um, you know, owner distribution. Mm -hmm, You just mm -hmm. need to record that as your income and make sure that you have proof of it.
0: Now, one of the questions is that, thank you, is how we are commission-based and how it's silical, like there's so many sales positions, whether it's in... You know, it's tied to um, commission basis, selling price of an asset, whether you're in, you know, selling any kind of goods or services. So being that you can't say how much your income would normally be uh, from month to month, week to week, because you can like in a commercial real estate or industrial, you could be working on a transaction for nine months to two years, and then all of a sudden have a windfall, but not have your next paycheck for five years, um, literally or have, you know, be more like silical that you're doing like property management, let's say, how do you calculate that loss of income?
1: So right now they're looking at the last 12 months of what your income was, and they will consider commissions, um, you know, any kind of wages, salary commissions, or similar compensation. At that point, we might have to get real creative with our SBDC consultants if you haven't received something in a couple years. Um, but I would, I would stress that whatever proof of income you have, you use with your application. And if you feel like you need to explain yourself outside of the available space, you can always submit an addendum with your application that includes whatever argument you need to supplement your claims.
0: Got it. Because you're going to have a lot of nonprofits, let's say, that, you know, I'm working in a capacity that I do, um, you know, commission based product. And then on the sideline, I've been building up a business, let's say, and being a, a nonprofit or give back to community, but it hasn't been formalized. But I've been giving all this free education and training, let's say. And then all of a sudden you said, okay, in 2020, I've launched the company, it's moving forward. Um, but I don't have any payroll that or income that I've generated prior to, but now the company's taken off and all of a sudden, boom, right? Stopped. So it's kind of like future income coming in versus then it took you, you know, you were setting up that company to launch. Um, and I like the fact that you have pulled in the creativity of that. How do we look at that? How do we go with it? Because you're positioned yourself to get that going. And then all of a sudden it's not there. Um, or you had contracts in place that were signed, but now they got, um, there's, there's an incident uh, concept. You had contracts in place, but they got canceled because they're no longer supplying or needing the services of you. Is that considered income?
1: So I think we also have to remember that the point of these loans is to sustain the business. They're not designed to Provide any revenues lost, they're simply designed to make sure that you meet all of your basic business debts and cover your payroll until the time that we can open back up. Um, in, In regards to being in a position where you were starting a business and now it's taken off more than it was. I would I'd be a little concerned with how that would qualify if there weren't any prior payroll expenses or regular business expenses you had to meet to, to sustain that business. But again, as you said, ask and make them tell you no. So just make sure that you can defend all of that very clearly and concisely with any supporting documents and I believe your second question was regarding, I'm sorry, my, my brain just went
0: like, <laughs> I totally nuts had I your answer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the well, second part of
0: that question. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I, I, I forgot what the second was, to be honest, because I'm writing notes as fast as I can. Um, okay. No, <laughs> I, it, the, the chorus is that I was trying to amplify that um, the second part of the question you answered was the revenue. Do, can I include that revenue, go with it? Because there's a lot of people that are work years and they pay personal debt to keep things going, but they didn't separate it as a business. And then they amplify it. And you answered in the sense that remember this, and this is what was so profound. Remember that these loans are not about lost revenue. They're about taking care of meeting our business needs and debt that we um, have on the books. This is not about um, lost revenue that was coming in or had signed to come in. Um, this is about keeping the, the sustainability of carrying the costs, um, and this is your new revenue. You're thinking about, in my opinion, is, is, is that if we were to coin a phrase, the SBAs is, is your, your, your line of revenue because the other revenue that was scheduled to come in didn't come in, to keep your doors open because of the payroll and your basic needs
1: yeah so it is and it's designed to to sustain your business not necessarily to keep up with any expected profit that right. we're coming in um you know i just remembered the second part of your question you asked about how to document lost contracts so if you do have direct expenses to those contracts what they have said to do is attach those contracts as supplemental items to your applications. If you can't do that immediately through the IDLE portal, then once that loan processor contacts you, make sure you have all of those documents ready to go because they'll most likely ask you to email them in. That way you've got the support and the um, identification if you have any current expenses related to those contracts, especially if they've been canceled or delayed. You summed it up perfectly. You're
0: talking about how we can keep us sustainable. Documentation, documentation, documentation is the number one key because you're painting a story and the better you paint the story, the better the opportunity to get approved.
1: Absolutely. I think I uh, in every training I give on any SBA program, whether it's in disaster or just a traditional 7A, I stress document, 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 and that's to my borrowers and it's also to all of my lenders. Keep all of your documentation
0: that's just that's so powerful you are i thank you so much for being here on this uh, podcast with us i have one last question before we wrap it up with our quote if i have part-time employees are they considered part of my
1: payroll yes they are considered part of your payroll
0: excellent so that there you go i could not have asked this is a lot this is intense But what's so cool about this is, is that you now know exactly where to look. We've identified where you can go get your questions answered by a 31 page document. I would highly recommend, like she said, refer back to the website every day just to see if there's a new update. You can also sign up for the sba.gov newsletter to obviously track them much more intently like we have been for years. Um, also, you can also reach out to us here at Enter to to help um, as a, as a, a resource uh, for doing this. Um, but I'd like to, um, before we sum it up real quickly, I'd like to give a quote. Uh, your quote, I think, is absolutely fantastic that we got on the line. I'm not afraid of storms for what I'm learning how to sail my ship. By Louisa May Alcott. Tell me a little about where you got this quote and why.
1: You know, I found that quote probably five years ago. And I was just at a difficult point in, I think, identifying where exactly I wanted to go with my life. And sometimes things don't work out exactly the way you believe they're supposed to. But it's about not giving up and pushing through no matter what. And I really felt like this was relevant here because we all have to be brave and stand up and fight through this time even though we feel like I've, there's a meme out there with a little goldfish with a shark fin strapped to it that says, be brave, even if you're not pretend to be. And this really, that quote reminds me of that meme and all of that just kind of loops into the time we're in. None of us truly know how we're gonna come out of this situation, but we have to keep faith that we are going to come out of this situation and we're gonna make it work no matter what. And that's part of the storm. We're in this storm together. SBA is doing everything we can to help you weather this storm and come out on the other side.
0: Moves my heart it is
1: truly um
0: you know we think we've seen the worst we've gone through i know personally 2019 was a very um personal um you know a lot of uh family passing uh, a lot of issues and you know you thought okay okay fine we weathered that you know here we are at 2020 and uh, you know the whole positivity of helping each other being there um from our business from our mental strength um, and like you said, we all um, are going to go through disruptors during our life and, and knowing what we're doing to help each other um, is so fa- powerful. Um, and we've all been thrown, I don't care how big, how small we are, um, you know, the SBA and the small businesses are the lifeline to the big companies. Without us, they couldn't exist. And, and I think there was a famous lady um, who, uh, who they're, um, she's doing a podcast now from the fashion industry. And she came, she says, you are the company. Without you, I am nothing. Um, and she was really, you know, uh, talking about her staff and how powerful it is to have such an incredible uh, support uh, cast. And and I believe that SBA is that support cast, that you are the access to capital and you've been there through thick and thin. It's just a matter of, of knowing uh, how to implement it and to be able to... Exercise it and now that you are in the forefront of saying we're here for the money please use us and we're doing everything we can to make it to where it's painless for you as much as we can um so that being said um i am so so thankful so if we could go over real quickly rule one eligibility sba is listening to the feedback and providing clarity where necessary rule two forgiveness the loan can be 100% forgiven as long as long borrowers dedicate 75% of the forgiven funds to pay payroll expenses. And then rule three, the idle loan and the 3P compatibility. Um, if you make sure you get if you receive an idle loan for payroll, that loan will be rolled into your 3P loan and will be eligible for forgiveness under the 3P loan program. You can also take out an idle loan for non-payroll expenses and a, a 3P loan for payroll expenses. Um, that being said, as you can see, we took a very deep dive into the uh, programs that they have, where to go and get those signed up. So and anything closing, um, uh, Christy, is there anything
1: else you'd like to add? I just want to remind everybody that SBA is doing everything we can to support our small businesses. You guys are the backbone of our economy, and we are doing everything we can, as I said, We're trying to bring you as much support as possible. And if you want to stay up to date on new announcements, please follow our office at SBA underscore OCIE on Twitter.
0: Excellent. Is there any way that they can get a hold of you directly, not to add more workload to you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no problem. If you want to get a hold of me directly, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn under Christy Bain, or you can email me at Christy dot bain at sba.gov excellent
0: so christy is sealed, k-r-i-s-t-y dot bain b-a-i-n at sba.gov excellent excellent so i am your host desiree potnow um you can get a hold of us and follow us at n-a-w-r-b again that's NAWRB.com. I am more than happy to field questions and help, and this is what this is all about, the way we can leverage and help each other and our resources, because the more we know about you, the more we can help you, and the more we know about these different programs is what this is all about, so we can share together for the better quality of life, which is the motto um, of what we're doing. Again, the motto, that was good after all this, right? The uh, Quality life, the entrepreneurship, and the equality is really what this is all about to make this help. So thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, Christy. And uh, we'll keep in touch and we'll keep this updated and we'll get this out there. So again, have an incredible day and thank you all for joining us on Know the Rules of the Game.